Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I was telling the Bible class this morning, I chose these hymns a month ago, but as I sang them last night again and then again in service, I was immediately comforted. I was comforted because they speak of the peace which the Lord gives when sadness betakes us, when wars are waging, when pestilences are abounding, still the Lord brings great peace. And nothing, not the devil, nor hell, nor sin, nor any kingdom on earth, nor famine, nor pestilence, can prevail against the church of God, who has its rock built, or who is built upon the rock, Christ our Lord. The words uh, from the psalmist David in our intro today. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. But where were our eyes this last week? Many people around this country, around the world even, had their eyes fixated on news. News about this virus, coronavirus. Many people had their eyes in Facebook posts, social media, Twitter feeds. And as a result, the whole world went into panic. How many articles, news feeds, and the like have been put before our eyes about this virus? For some, maybe it's tens. Others, it's hundreds. Still others are probably in the thousands. And yet, how many pages have been turned in our Bibles? Have we spent equal time in prayer? In praying, as we said in that tract, for the Lord to have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We find ourselves, Christians, with faith in this God over all the world, living in a world ensnared in fear. We are quickly seeing how fear incites panic, how panic drives one to selfishness, and how they turn on their neighbor. Stores open their doors to lines of people extending across their parking lots. Essential items for families were drained from the shelves as people hoarded for themselves more goods than they actually needed. Some went even lower, seeking to profit off the fear and the panic of the public. They went on to sell those goods for far beyond their regular value. How much do we hate our neighbors? How much do we despise those who are around us when we have put in our presence the great fear of death? All of what I spoke about is the symptom of the fear of death. It has been reported that there have even been record number of searches on Google for how to write your will. Do you see what the devil has done? He has drawn the whole world's eyes in on themselves and on protection of their earthly wealth. He has driven even the church's eyes from the Lord, as her members scurry in fear. Fear has even struck our hearts and minds, because we do not know what is to come. 
many congregations across our great nation are dealing with this fear. Some have prepared in ways much like our own, our own congregation and the precautions that we have taken. Some have suspended their services of word and sacrament. I still believe that many of them will seek to care for these people in their homes, whether through the digital realm or through newsletters and mailings. But the church cannot stop proclaiming the word of Christ in this greatest time of need. We have chosen to keep our doors open with the goal of having services to those who can make it. Services which offer the sacrament to those who desire it while understanding that some of our members will need our gracious understanding and most gentle care as they deal with the fear in their own way. But not just our members. This time also requires all of us to be gracious in understanding of brothers and sisters in Christ across the world and to be imitators of God as we remember how Christ has loved us, making sacrifices, even the small ones that we have made today, for the sake of the well-being of our neighbor. Should people choose to stay at home, we must work ever more diligently to bring them Christ in the word, because left on their own, it is easy to be overcome with fear. It is far too easy for us to lose sight of Christ in times when we are overloaded with sickness, death, and despair, so that our eyes are turned more to the disasters around us than to the one who has taken care of the greatest enemies. I remembered a story this week in the Bible, many of you know it, It was St. Peter who was in the boat with the other disciples when they saw a man walking on the water. The man was Christ. He said to them on the boat that it was he, and Peter said, It is you, O Lord, let me come to you. And so Jesus said to Peter, Come. So Peter got himself out of this boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But it is said, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Many of us want to take this situation that we find ourselves in very seriously, and we should. But we must also recognize that even when Jesus is within our eye line, as he was for St. Peter, there is the greatness of the wind and the waves, the storms which surround us, that can quickly cause us to turn our eyes from him. We are in need. We are in need of the Lord to keep speaking to us through this word. His written word, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, our eyes may constantly and steadfastly be placed on him. The virus is a common threat to us all, an enemy of the world as it has been called. But the root of the virus is still the same. 
It is sin having come into the world. This is why it is no surprise that the first thing which is attacked within congregations is the hearing of the word and the sacraments, especially the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The devil seeks to put these out of our lives because they bring the victory of Christ in the forgiveness of our sins. They are the reason the church prevails against the devil, against sin, against death. Because he has left to us forgiveness. In forgiveness, then, the virus cannot hurt us. That is, it cannot bring eternal death. As St. Paul says, what is death to me? To live is Christ and to die is gain. You know this. So isn't it then that the church shines the brightest in the face of death? We have nothing to fear. The church does not need to run and hide away from the sickness of sin and death. Instead, she, for, she confronts it. She confronts it because the strong man, Christ, entered into the palace of Satan and defeated him from the inside out through the atonement. By his death on the cross, our sins atoned for, and through his resurrection, we are justified. He led the enemy of the world captive, the true enemy of the world, the true threat against all mankind Christ has conquered. He now leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Through it. He does not leave us in the midst of it. We will be delivered from all evil, whether it's the threat of this virus or the like. For Jesus had said these words in Luke 21. Nations will rise against nations, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth distresses of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. We are the church of God. The church of Christ. He doesn't say after these things have taken place, but when they begin. Over these generations since Christ's resurrection, the church has always believed to be lived, living in the end times. And every time she was faced with pestilences, wars and famines, terrors and great signs from the heavens and in the earth, winds and the seas roaring, she was not moved because she was built on the rock of Christ. Her eyes wherever toward the Lord, for he would pluck her feet out of the net. Whenever the world gives way to fear, 
hearts are sure to fail because of it. Many, many are sick to their stomachs about the things which are happening around the world. But Christ enters our hearts and our minds and our bodies to calm our fears, to bring peace to us, to draw our eyes once again to Him. For we know from His promises nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing in the heavens above or the earth below or the earth itself. Even all these things, all the plottings of the devil, all the workings of his hands must and will be used to our good, the good of God's people. So then we as the church of Christ will straighten up our, ourselves. We will raise our heads. We will put our eyes on the one who was victorious, who conquered the enemies of mankind. And we will devote ourselves to the hearing of this word because we know it is our protection and our strength. And we will always remember throughout any time, whether this gets worse or better, that our redemption is drawing nearer and nearer. Therefore, do not fear. Do not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Do not fear. Do not be moved. For the Lord is in the midst of his church. The Lord is in the midst of his people The Lord is in our hearts. And so we shall pray with the saints who have gone before us and with all the saints. Keep my soul and deliver me for my trust is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.